Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode 127. Today, we are talking about subplans. We'll also talk about our highs and lows from the week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. It is time for our highs or lows from the teaching week. Uh, but before we talk about that, we just wanted to give you a reminder that Oak the Organization of American Kodai Educators uh, National Conference is March 16th through March 19th in Jacksonville, Florida this year. Uh, we are presenting a session called Bright Ideas for New Performance Traditions, and we would love to see you there. Um, so Oak is a wonderful time. It always recharges me. Uh, I love going every year and seeing my friends, my colleagues. So please come on out for the Oak Conference. Yeah, we're very excited. So Carrie... Yeah. How was your week? <laughs> Tell me a high or a low thing. That um, my week was okay, but I'm going to talk about something that happened the week before, technically. Um, and I, I did post about this on the Instagram and the Facebook. So my choir, which right now I am up to, what is it? 65, 65 kids in my choir. Wow. Um, fourth and fifth graders which is a little insane, but that's a whole different thing. Anyways, um, we sang the national anthem at a Colorado Mammoth game. The Mammoth is our local lacrosse team. It's professional lacrosse team, and they play at the big arena, which is where our hockey team plays and our basketball team plays, and there's concerts, you know, the big arena in Denver. Anyways, so they had, you know, reached out to me, one of their representatives, and said, hey, do you have a group that's interested in singing the national anthem? And the choir typically sings at a Colorado Rockies game, baseball game in the summer, which we are going to do. But I thought, sure, why not? So we went for it. And um, it was challenging in that it was, you know, the end of January. So to come back from winter break and get all of that, it's, it's just the details, right? Like, where do they go? How do they get tickets? What do they need to wear? Where do we meet? You know, like, that's the stressful thing about it. The singing of the national anthem, which is what a minute and 30 seconds is not the, the stressful part about it. But anyways, I was just so pleased because it all really came really well together. I was like crazy over communicator during those couple of weeks, emailing families constantly, sending home paper notes and email notes and reminders and stuff in their Google Classroom. But I had a good amount of kids show up and be able to actually do it. And, you know, it was just a reminder that even though that stuff is so much work, it's just really worth it in the end because then all of my choir families who were able to just stay and enjoy the game. We were all kind of seated together and it was just really fun to see my little choir community come together. And I got lots of thank yous from the parents for organizing it. So yeah, it's work, but it's always worth it afterwards. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Well, Tanya, how about you? I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I know. This is so silly. Um, well, it's not silly. It's, it's life. Uh, it's so funny because Friday morning, I was not feeling awesome. I woke up and I was just achy and all of that uh, congested. My husband has a little bit of a cough and some congestion going on. He's got a cold and I just thought, oh, great. I picked up his cold, which is just, I never, I don't really get sick much at all. And when I got to school, I was just still feeling so dragged out that I actually spent my planning time, which is the first 45 minutes of my day, um, planning uh for kids to come in with Chromebooks and giving them an online assignment so I could be sitting down during classes because standing was just really unbearable. It, I was exhausted. Um, and yeah, so I, I made it through the day and I was, I got in the car on the way home. I listened to a report about how um, someone on NPR was saying uh, COVID is done. President Biden said the COVID pandemic is over. COVID is over. Like a politician. I don't even remember what it was because I wasn't tuning in that well. So I got home, <laughs> got into bed immediately because that's what I felt like I needed to do. My husband came home, gave me a COVID test. I have COVID. I haven't had COVID this whole time. So it's Sunday now. And um, 
my COVID test was positive on Friday. And so this is one, well, it's funny because we were talking about this topic of subplans before. Yeah. Right. We were talking about this before. It's come up a couple of times, but this this sealed the deal that we're going to talk about subplans today. (laughs) Very timely because today I will be in definitely um, investing some time in making my subplans for the coming week. Um, Yeah. So I've avoided this this far. I don't think I was cocky, but I think I definitely was starting to believe I was one of those people that was uh, immune from yeah. contracting COVID. And that's- Or maybe normal. you had already had it, but didn't even know you had it. No, I knew I hadn't had it because I give yeah. blood and they check your antibodies. Oh, that's and... true. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah. So I knew well, I hadn't had it. And in case anyone's wondering while you're listening, we're not in the same room. We're Zooming. No. So, which is how we always podcast anymore. But just wanted to say that out loud in case someone was like, wait, why are you? I mean, you're obviously feeling well enough to me sitting up and doing this. So yeah, yeah, I can. It's it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess other people have said the same thing. It comes and goes like, yeah. I'll wake up and go, I feel fine. I can do all those things that I was going to do. And then I get up and move around and I went and, you know, change the laundry and get myself going. And then I'm like, wow, I'm exhausted. I think I'm done now for yeah, a while. That's how yeah. it felt for me. Well, welcome to the club, I guess. I mean, yeah. now you can say you've had it. And then I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful that you're feeling well enough that, you know, this isn't debilitating to you. Cause as we know, that's not always the case for everybody. So this Yay, is vaccine. true. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I've, oh, I've been vaccine. Like I have all my boosters. I have yeah. been boosted up to the hilt. And so I'm imagining that if I wasn't, it would be worse. So yeah, probably. All right. Well, bummer, but let's talk subplans. Oh yeah. So our main theme, which is so timely, is subplans. We haven't really talked exclusively about subplans before, but we figure now's a good time. Tanya's mm. out for the week. I'm actually yeah. going to be out one day this week myself. And, you know, it's just always good to bounce new ideas off one another. So we're going to do that. And then, you know, hopefully you might get some ideas, listener, as we go. And we're yes. going to be real honest. This is not going to be like how to make the most sparkly, beautiful, Instagrammable, postable <laughs> subplants in the world. We're going to talk real life. What are what are things that are worth your time, not worth your time? You know, I mean, because there's reality that's wrapped up in this topic. So I won't get exactly. too much into that yet, but you know, we're just going to be real. We're going to be real, real. Right. And in that vein of being real, I would like to just mention that once upon a time, um, and this is before technology was in such high use as it is today, I would make two sets of subplans. I would make a set for someone who is a music teacher or has experience and someone who is not a music teacher and doesn't have experience. That was exhausting. It was too much. Um, And it was frustrating because when you spend a lot of time and energy doing something like that, and then it doesn't go how you want it to go, then you get frustrated. And um, there's no reason to do that. Let's assume that someone walking into your room is not going to be a music person. However, um, if you know the person walking in, like I know your sub on Wednesday, Carrie is a music teacher that we know, love and respect and was actually the music teacher at your school before you stepped into this position. And so, you know, with her, of course, Carrie's going to leave sub plans that her sub is going to follow pretty much to a T, right? So that's a different scenario. Um, I have learned even when I know someone that is coming in who is a music sub, things still happen. I've had people who are music people cancel in the middle of the night and then some another sub has been called and then that person cancels and then it's your principal walking in or it's like a student teacher from another room like you never know who's walking in to do your plans so let's just not stress about that because I don't want to wake up at two in the morning and redo here's the non-mute the here's the I'm not a music person sub plans let's just go with the assumption unless you've got it ironclad, I know who's coming in, that your sub's not going to be a music person. 
Yeah. But like you said, even if you know, you don't know. I mean, because, yeah, I'm 99% sure that the music teacher who will be teaching my kids on Wednesday is the teacher who retired from my school. She knows the kids almost better than I do at this point still. But I'm still leaving her plans that really anyone could do in a moment's notice because of the fact that she's a retired teacher from that school. I'm always thinking worst case scenario. And this is from years and years of teaching in underserved schools where, you know, subs are a hot commodity, right? (laughs) And so there were many times in my room where my sub was pulled and put into another classroom. And then, like you said, the instructional coach or somebody random or even a para is brought in to cover my classes. So even knowing that she's there, I still try to leave plans that really anyone could do. And then I just give her opportunities to expand and do more with it. But we'll, we'll talk more about those yeah. nitty gritties here in a little bit. Right. So. And and also, even if it is a music sub, they're not a clone of you. Like, exactly. I, I know music people who are teachers, they're going to come in and they're going to do things differently. I cannot clone myself. And that's not the idea. You, well, you and I was finding... Do that. <laughs> Sorry, I was finding that even with mine, like I was like, oh, I want first grade to do BB Bumblebee. Well, I do the sung version of BB Bumblebee. I know other people do the chants of BB Bumblebee. People do different games with BB Bumblebee. So it's not like I could just write in my plans, do BB Bumblebee. I still had to give her the notation of the version I use, the game that I use. And it's like, well, by the time I type all that out, you know, it could be pretty much anybody. The difference is that she can read the music and lead the song pretty easily. But, you know, even if it was a non-music stub, sub, I would hope my kids could sing it and lead the game even, you know, without me there. So even if you do have a music sub, it's still a lot of work. And so yes. I think that's kind of what we want to talk about today is, you know, working smarter, not harder, as we talk about, you know, and finding that just right balance of, yes, you want to leave good plans for your sub, of course, for their sake, for your sake, for the kid's sake. But you can't kill yourself writing sub plans for five hours. It's just not, no. it's not good for anybody. So yes. All and right. That transitions well, us very well into um, what should be for anybody coming in, what should be the essentials in your sub plans? Yeah. So you want me to go first? Go for it. Yeah. So I have um, a sub tub that sits right next to my desk. And, um, you know, I know some at some schools I've been asked to have all of my sub materials left in the office. Have you ever had this asked of you, you know, before? At my at my new to me school, it was asked. And so what I did is I took a picture yeah. of where my sub tub exactly. lives in my room. And I, came, and I told my secretary, I said, will this work? Because you don't want that big yeah. thing container. So here's a picture of exactly where it lives. Exactly. Yeah, me yeah. too. So yeah. And then in my sub tub, you know, I obviously have my schedule, which is also posted on the wall. Um, I've got seating charts for the kids, although in my world and in, I know in yours, but maybe not in everybody's, my, my subs don't have to take attendance. So it's not necessarily for attendance purposes that I give them seating charts. It's more for this is where the kids are supposed to sit. So they don't do the classic, my name is his name and, and switch yeah, to, yeah. You know, just to be obnoxious. Um, <laughs> and then also for emergencies, you know, and then obviously emergency plan directions. Where do you go? If there's a fire drill, all that stuff. Um, I do have, you know, a little explanation of my classroom management plan. So in addition to my posted classroom expectations or norms, you know, because I do like a choice day system, um, I explain, I put a little blurb about that in there. And then on my sub plans, I have a place where the sub will circle yes or no. Did they earn their letter on the chart that goes towards their choice day? Because I do want students to understand that when the sub is in the room, yes, that counts. And I always tell my students if I know I'm ahead of time, it, it it counts even more. Like if I find out they're naughty for the sub, I'm erasing a letter kind of a thing um, because I really, you know, want my students to respect my guest teacher as yes. we all do. So I do have a little blurb about that. And then of course the lesson plans for the day. Um, and then if they're, if it's a planned lesson, you know, it's going to be a more specific set of plans based on what the students are working on now, hopefully. In emergency plans, I do have emergency plans. I have the same plan for K-1, same plan for 2-3, and then same plan for 4-5, and then all the supporting materials that go with those emergency plans. But those are like for very last minute, just the night before, or the morning of, 
I'm sick, kids sick, something that those are ready to go. Um, and they are very generic, but you know, like I said, if I know I'm going to be gone ahead of time, then I try to write plans that are more geared towards what the kids are working on now. Exactly. Pretty much what you got going on too, Tanya. That is exactly what I have going on. Um, I'll just do another plug for for the program IDOKIO that you can get on a, um, iPad because the seating charts include the pictures of my kids. And I think that's a very valuable, every sub I've ever had have said how much they appreciate having a seating chart with pictures of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually our, our infinite campus system within our district, you can also create seating charts with pictures. Did you know that? I did not know that because I have not played with infinite campus since I have had seventh and eighth graders where it was required of me. Um, it just, it just seemed overwhelming to learn the, the much that I, I had to. And then once I didn't have to anymore, I was like, well, I'm going back to my Idokio land. Yeah. I only knew this because when I was traveling, I never took the time to take pictures of the kids in my traveling school because it just never happened. And so once I was going to be gone from my traveling school and I was like, oh, shoot, I need a seating plan with pictures. And then I, somebody told me that in campus, it takes their their picture, that they take their school picture. And then it, you literally drag them around just like you do in Ardokio. Now, that's cool pretty much all I've ever done with that then is printed out for the sub. It's not like I use it for my, my, my uh, grade book. Cause I still had my grade book with my seating chart and all that on Idokio. It just didn't have their pictures. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Anyways, for anyone who uses infinite campus within your district, see if that feature is available for you too. Cause it's pretty handy. Exactly. Okay. Well, shall we segue into the content of yeah. uh, what you're leaving for sub plans? And let's first talk about when you know you're going to be gone um, and when you can make it, um, I don't know, a little more thoughtful than, I mean, not that your emergency sub plans shouldn't be thoughtful, but, you know, something beyond TPT coloring young person's guide to the orchestra. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which we, we can talk about the emergency plans as well. Um, oh, yeah. Let's, let's so talk about that. You kind of touched on this before, but I still go with this idea of even when I'm leaving plans and I know I'm going to be gone way ahead of time, I do try to leave the same thing for K1, two, three, four, five, because it's not only easier for me to write that, but it is easier for the sub. And I don't want the sub to be stressed with switching what's happening for every single class period. That's my job as their regular music teacher. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, this means that some classes might depart from what they're really working on. For example, my third graders just started recorders. I know my sub for Monday, she is wonderful. She's not a music uh, teacher, but I'm not going to have her do recorders with third. Well, actually I am, but only because I'm going to have videos that they're literally going to play along with a video of me. So they'll be like mm, five, 10 minutes of playing and then there'll be something else. So if I'm leaving subs for third grade and fourth grade, the third graders, what they're going to be doing um, is going to be not in the realm of what we would actually do. Right. Yeah. So do you do the same? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I try to, to do similar plans with similar grade levels. And then, you know, there might be a a middle chunk where they're working on a concept specific activity, and then that will differ between classes. So it'll be like, okay, in the second grade plan, these second graders are going to do a worksheet where they're working on half notes, but in the third grade plan, they're doing a worksheet where they're working on 16th notes, right? So it's like the task is similar, but the actual materials might be different. Exactly. Um, Yes. You know, but then I also look for opportunities where it can overlap. So like, for example, in January, I usually do my instruments of the orchestra unit. Well, that's great for any grade level. So I was able to leave the exact same plan for second and third grade. And actually, I did fourth and fifth similar, um, you know, slightly different tasks, but at least like the theme of the lesson was the same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Same. The other thing that I, I like to do, especially for the younger ones, is I often do something that's like thematic to the season of the year. This is often where I bring in seasonal songs or holiday songs that sometimes, frankly, I just don't want to take the time out of my normal curriculum to teach. It's like, oh, I don't really want to sing this song about snowflakes falling. But how cute would that be with a sub, right? So exactly. I'm a big fan, and we've talked about this, of creating a Google slideshow that includes everything for your lessons. And so oftentimes I'll start with some sort of a song and I'll find it on YouTube, you know, so it's not always the best quality singing. We know that, but at least it's something they can sing along to if the sub is not able to sing it themselves. Um, so it's often like, here's a little sing along thing. Here's a freeze dance thing that matches, you know, that theme, a winter themed freeze dance. And now here's a winter themed play along. I love leaving play along videos for subs, especially the ones I've mentioned this guy before let's see if i can find it while i'm talking i think it's elementary groove tracks i think is the oh, guy. That guy yeah well the reason why i like it for subs is okay. because he's on the screen saying it along with the video I because know. i find that some of the videos even though it might be clear for us as music teachers it's not going to always be clear for a sub or for the kids how to say it because it's not like the background music matches the rhythm they're saying do you know what i mean so oh, it's yeah like, for sure so they still get lost and then what's the point so specifically i like the elementary group tracks i know it can be a lot and overwhelming yeah, but okay. can i, I like ask a question because i can't remember is he the guy that also has like another picture of him playing yes. the drum and then another picture of him like <laughs> there's usually one of him conducting okay. and then there's usually one of him playing either a drum or like a found sound percussion and yeah then like a random puppet will show up and i know it's visually it's a little busy i'm not gonna lie but for me the good of him on the screen saying the rhythms with the kids i i'll take that for a sub plan i think it's really great so um and then like you mentioned then i might do something towards the end where they're doing like a listening activity where they might do a little coloring thing at the end but that's usually just at the end and i will say most of the time my subs say we didn't have time for this anyways because right. by the time they repeat the rhythm play along a couple times but i always leave more you know it's another tip make sure you leave more for your sub than Yes. what you think just in case you know even if they end up kind of picking and choosing the activities they feel comfortable with but it's always good to leave more than oh we have 10 minutes left let's just play heads up seven up for <laughs> no other reason oh gosh no yeah you want to make sure you have plenty that they don't get to everything and that's that's a very good thing um so i want to go back to you mentioned google slides because i wanted to really say how revolutionary for me it has been as far as sub plans go. Um, I'm a big fan in my daily teaching of using Google Slides, even if it's just a slide on there that says the name of the song that we're doing. So we talked, especially when we had Becca on, we were talking about how, you know, when you start taking all your time looking for cutesy snowman next to the title of the song, you know, that's when you've gone a little overboard and you got to kind of rein yourself in. Yeah. You want to spend the, your time on the right stuff when you're planning. Uh, but as far as, you know, when I have a sub to have a Google slide show for kindergarten first and second, and then a different one for um, third, fourth and fifth, is what I usually do so that they only have to worry about opening two slide decks. I used to put it all on one slide deck, but that got a little lengthy. Um, of course, there's a fix for that. And I'll talk about that in our work smarter, not harder. Um, but I really like to have my Google slide deck set up where I have a slide that says kindergarten. And that's all it says. And it usually is bright pink because that's my kindergarten color. And then the next slide is going to be all the slides of all the things that are happening in the kindergarten. And they're going to follow what is written in my sub plans. So even if it's not a lot of visual for the kid, then, but the, the sub can stay on track that way. And like you said, by inputting those play alongs or anything else that kids need to reference and the teacher sub needs to reference. It's just wonderful to have that flow for them, for yeah. students and for the substitute um, and have those play alongs embedded because YouTube with all of its ads mm -hmm. is a nightmare and you don't want that happening. And yep. um, no more Verbo ads 
to for my kids to watch. When you put it in Google Slides, you don't get those ads. And that is a very good thing. Uh, please be careful that if you have a, uh, a slide that you want to cut shorter, that you make sure you do that within Google Slides when you select a, a video and you put it in a Google Slide and you highlight that you can go to the right-hand side and you can say, it's going to start, you know, 57 seconds in. It's going to end at two minutes and 11 seconds. Yeah. So yeah. those kinds of things you want to make sure are ready to go. Um, but I just love the organization of Google Slides for a substitute. Yeah. And also just a friendly reminder, make sure everything is shared properly. Because I know oh, I've yes. been in that situation where oh, I was yes. out and then all of a sudden I get a frantic text. I can't open your slides. So something that I, I try to remember to do is when I'm gone, I put all the slideshows and then the actual plan, which I write out as a Google Doc. I put it all into one folder labeled with the date and then I make sure the sharing for that whole folder is set that yeah. anyone can view and then if I know who my sub is ahead of time I can send them the link ahead of time because you know occasionally you have a sub who likes to kind of get an idea of what they're doing ahead of time not always but then I'm so lucky again in my room now because I have a Mimeo board so I don't need my computer in my room with me which is great because if I'm doing a presentation or going to a conference I'm usually taking my laptop with me so in the past I would scramble and go to the library and see if I could borrow an extra Chromebook or whatever to project well now on my Mimeo board I can just pull up my Google Drive and have that folder open on my Mimeo board ready to go and then they just open the files they need so you know and then obviously have a printed copy of the lesson plan on the desk but um gosh technology man it's it's changed so much because it oh, used yeah. to be my sub plans would my desk would just be covered with i know here's the worksheet for first grade here's the worksheet for second yeah. grade you know and i still leave worksheets occasionally but um oh can we also talk about you know how nice it is to have students you think you mentioned it bring their chromebooks and and be able to do assignments on their chromebooks or ipads if you have them do you do that often when you have a sub or is it kind of hit or miss? I do. However, I have a new rule for myself that I just recently decided on. I'm going to not, okay. I'm only going to leave Chromebook things for third, fourth, and fifth. Yep. I am not asking kindergarten first and second to bring Chromebooks. And here's why. They don't know their tech very well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we can talk about why, because we, I th honestly think that a lot of teachers have just taken, a lot of elementary school teachers have just taken a big break from heavy duty Chromebook use and, you know, going into all um, the learning platforms and doing all that. And I understand because in elementary school, really, we were so devoid of that in-person experiential learning that it makes complete sense why we want to take a big step back. I have, I know, I don't use Seesaw, Google Classroom nearly as much this year as I had in our quote COVID years, which honestly I'm living right now. But yeah, so I understand why, but I tried like on Friday when I was feeling yucky, I had almost I, well, half my classes. I had them bring Chromebooks. First graders and second graders, it was a hot mess. I, I really didn't do myself any favors because yeah. I was probably more exhausted from the kids coming over with their Chromebooks saying, I don't know what I like a pop up that says your microphone isn't allowing recording. Do you want to do like in the kids? They don't read that tiny print. And so me going around all the kids and clicking OK or clicking. All right. You see that big green button that says go to a you know, activity. Click that. like that was just. Oh, my goodness. The, the mental energy of that was exhausting. <laughs> I should have just like put everyone's Chromebook aside and played Old King Glory of the Mountain because it would have been less. I could have at least started them and then stepped back and sat down. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to be doing a lot of any tech when I'm not there with kindergarten, first and second. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And honestly, even my fourth graders are a little bit on the edge. Um, even them, they're not always awesome. Like I had fourth graders bring their tech. Half of them have lost their headphones. 
Yeah. And I was trying to do a Nearpod lesson oh, yeah. with, with Tita T. Get <laughs> I had said, I was so proud of myself, my past self, because I was like, oh, you know, we just presented Tita T. And I've got this great Nearpod lesson. I'm just going to have fourth grade bring their headphones. And, and that'll be great because it's going to be, everybody's going to be going through the Nearpod lesson, which is full of videos of me, you know, yeah. and like they didn't have headphones. I only had like eight pairs of headphones in my classroom because I haven't built up a, a, a stockpile, which I'd need to do. And it was like, uh, it was my own personal hell because I heard my voice, you know, in canon all over the room <laughs> Yep, with these, you know, singing Black Snake and, and singing Alabama Gal. And whoo, it was just some kind of draconian nightmare that I don't want to relive. So when I leave stuff for this next group, oh, I don't, I'm going to be, it's going to be hard to leave anything that has a video or an audio component because I don't want anyone living through that. <laughs> well, it's probably not as bad for them as it is for you, but no, I mean, you just bring up a good point. I kind of have the same rule for subs that I do for myself when it comes to like stations, like to never leave something that we haven't done already, like whole group. So like, you know, I, you mentioned Nearpod. I have some Nearpod lessons as well that I've built up. So I actually did a, a whole group live Nearpod. It actually, I it actually went well. I know I've done, I've talked about this in the past and it didn't go well. With this group, it actually went well. We're like, you go through the slides together as a class. And I wanted to do that whole group. So they just understood the platform. Where do you find your pencil? Where do you click submit? So now I know when I have a sub, I can leave a Nearpod lesson for them to do independently. And that's kind of the same for Google Classroom in general and just things that I leave there, how I have Google Classroom organized. I want them to know it well before I leave it for a sub. I but, know. Yeah. I just, I didn't, I, I, that's good for you. I hadn't even thought about in the past, like sitting down and doing a whole class near pod. Well, I, I mentioned this a long time ago that I actually did it and it didn't go well. I'm going to get real technical with Nearpod there. If you're doing a live Nearpod participation where all the students are going through the slides together, you can sh show them either what it looks like from the student point of view or the teacher point of view. My mistake that I had in the past is I had the teacher view on so they could see everyone else's slides and then um, everybody started drawing goofy things just to make oh everybody gosh. laugh. So no, I figured no. out my mistake. No, no, I, I can't, I can't be actually like, and I had the teacher view on because I wanted to see that the kids were doing it. It was like my my classroom management pause, but it backfired. So anyways, if you do a live Nearpod, and in case you're wondering what the heck is a Nearpod, it's kind of like Pear Deck, if you know that, where it's like students are simultaneously going through a lesson. They're able to write on the slides. They're able to manipulate things. Um, you can embed videos like Tanya mentioned. In my case, it was basically dictation where on each slide I had an audio of myself saying, write this rhythm. Tom, T, 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 Tom, exactly. and then I would write it. Yes. Um, anyways, but we did a whole group and I thought, okay, well, now that we've done it once whole group, they can do it individually. They probably could have figured out Nearpod individually, but just like in general, you know, if you're doing like a choice board, let's say, you know, where students are clicking here and clicking there and clicking everywhere, it's kind of good to have gone through that whole group before you leave that for a sub, you know? For sure. So. Yes, that sounds like the right way to go about that. And I, uh, it was my last minute kind of like, Oh, no, oh, you look. were your own sub. So that's a different situation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was my own sub and I was not happy with the teacher that left those plants. Yeah. Yeah. But you also brought up a good point, and this is where we can thank ourselves. All of this stuff that we created or purchased or borrowed from other teachers, you know, during online learning time, what a great bank of activities. It's like, oh, I already have this Nearpod, you know, like like you said, I just presented Tom T. Dotted Quarter Eighth Note. Oh, how great. I can just pull in this activity, you know, that I already made and it's ready to go. You know, I have all these tic-tac-toe choice boards that I create yes. during online learning where the kids are exploring or ones that I've purchased. Thank you, Aileen Miracle, for your awesome choice boards. Oh, you yes. know, so it's like de definitely do yourself a favor and look at, you know, both past sub plans. Also, I, I do keep all of my sub plans and all my slideshows so I can pull them back again if, the, if it works exactly or modify it. But then all those little activities that you created. I know you, Tanya, created a ton of videos of yourself singing 
And you've used yes. those in your own classroom as warm-up songs, but also how great to have those in your slideshows, right? Yes. And that's primarily what I'm going to be pulling from as I make my sub plans today is I'm going to be, I mean, I even have like, here's the opening song that I use with kindergarten first and second. Now I change my opening song um, every couple of rotations, but I happen to have like three different opening songs recorded. Uh, so I'm just going to go to the one that we're doing right now. And I'm going to put that in. And I know the kids are going to be singing along with that, right? If I'm leading them through the video. And yeah, I do have a lot of um, of those videos where I'm asking the, them to do something. The funny thing, this is just a little funny thing, uh, is that there have been a couple of times where I have shown one of those videos, like maybe at the end of class, I'll, I'll show one of the puppet ones that I did on acapella where I'm singing in like two or three uh, parts and I'll show one of those videos. And inevitably one of my students was like, wait a minute, that's you. Okay. So it was during COVID times um, <laughs> because of various things. I've gained quite a bit of weight since the beginning of COVID plus, oh, I have more forehead wrinkles. And so there's always a little one who is like, wait a minute, is that, that that's Miss Lejeune? And one of my darling little second graders, he was like, oh, that's Miss Lejeune. You just have a lot more lines now. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Wisdom lines. That's cute. Wisdom, yeah, I have, yes. I have a video from COVID and it's my daughter with me and we're in our backyard and we're doing going on a bear hunt and she's my echo, you know? Yeah. So, um, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have that up there I, without her permission. I should probably ask her if she's still okay with it. She's a fifth grader now at yeah. the school where I teach. So she doesn't need a bunch of, you know, second graders coming up to her in the hallway and going, I saw you on Miss Nicholas's computer. <laughs> and then be like, what? Um, anyways, yeah, as something that I created during COVID that I still use all the time. I think I've mentioned it on this podcast a couple of times is, is a website with a whole bank of activities that are all linked. Um, and yes. so I have like a thumbnail picture of that activity. So like the, you know, a screenshot of Incredibox, a screenshot of Chrome Music Lab. And then when the kids click on that picture, it takes them to the activity, but the, you know, and I'll link to it in the show notes if you, if you want to see what it looks like, but I have that website always ready to go. And it's uploaded to the kids google music classroom you know i call it early finisher exploration website or something so anytime they're doing something on chromebooks if they finish early and there's extra time that's where they can go and choose the bank of activities and in a pinch just in my emergency plans i've said have kids bring chromebooks and they can just play on that for 45 minutes because there's yeah. so many activities loaded there they really truly could do that, including things like Soundtrap and things where kids can really dig in. So anyways, having a bank of activities ready to go, whether it's- And can we say that, well, yes, in our show notes, yeah. let's put just a few of those go-to, because I'm thinking about Dr. Music, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, of course, Chrome Music Lab, yep. although that's a little more generalized. What I, what I love about bringing kids to Dr. Music is there's some very specific, like go to the forest and do this, explore the instruments of the orchestra game, yeah. right? There's groove pizza, which they can create in mm -hmm. there's, um, well, I'll just boxes. link to my, I'll just link to my website and then it's by grade level. So then you click on the grade level and then you can see the bank of activities that I've left. Now That's you're not going to necessarily see, like you said, the specific activity that you might leave for a sub, but at least you can see just the bank of activities that yes. kids can choose from. And then of course it goes without saying, but I'll say it. If you are a subscriber to like music play online, which I was during COVID, I'm not currently, but just for the, the sub plans and for all of those fun little games and things that they have on there, music play online is a really great resource. Um, to be able to pull in stuff for subs because there's it's, it's all video based. So how great for your subs to just be able to click and open a lesson and just go through it, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yes. Along those, oh, I'm sorry, COVID brain. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So I don't have, well, I do have a website that has these, like you were mentioning that you have uh, a website with all of these. But I put it within third, fourth, and fifth. They all have a Google Classroom, and we've gone to it, and it's a separate music Google Classroom. I do have a topic category where it just says fun free time. Yeah. 
And that's where I have put the links and I use that um, create materials rather than an assignment. And so they can just look there and click from there because sometimes I really want to make sure that, that I'm not adding yet another tab that they have to navigate to. Yeah. You know, if I have them starting something in Google Classroom, it's just really handy to have them stay in Google Classroom, but just go to that topic heading within yeah. there and click on the fun free time thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how mine is too. Um, we mentioned earlier talking about emergency plans specifically. I mean, I kind of mentioned some of the things that I do for emergency plans, three, four, five. It is often like a choice board that I've purchased that I just, like if I know the night before I'm sick, then I will have my emergency plans already say, have students bring their Chromebooks and I'll leave an activity there. <laughs> and so then exactly. it's just a matter of knowing, okay, I just need to quickly plop a, a choice board in there. Um, if I don't have Chromebooks or if that's not part of my emergency plans, um, things like instrument bingo are a great go-to for emergency plans that I just know a sub can grab it and that will keep them busy for a while. And then you mentioned for younger students like coloring. Um, so listening glyphs are, are a great thing. I personally don't make them, but there are people who do. <laughs> so um, yeah. like I had um, my emergency plans for K1 and 2 was each kid had a packet. And I think I had maybe four, you know, stapled together in a packet and they just lived in the emergency plan folder, but it was Carnival of the Animals. So it's like by the time they listen and they color, that almost takes up an entire class period, just one listening glyph because they listen to it multiple times. But that way, then the next time I have a sub, they just, in its emergency, they just pull out those listening glyphs and go to the next page. You can easily see, oh, the kids did the lion. Now they're going to be doing tortoises or whatever. So right. having like a packet that the kids can continue to work on throughout the year and we never got through all of them. But then at the end of the year, I just sent them home with the kids and now they just have a random coloring page. But, um, you know, it's a lot of paper, but it was just nice to know that those were ready to go on a moment's notice. Exactly. And having that packet that you reuse is really smart because I could see having it like in a little file folder within your subtub saying, okay, Mrs. Harris's class, here's exactly. their packet of stuff. And then that's another good way for you to keep track um, of what they've already done. But also you had mentioned this earlier. Um, it's very, in my own Google drive, I have a folder called sub plans. And then I label the year. I like to see what I've already done so that I don't repeat things. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, so when I know I'm going to be gone, I'll go and look, okay, well, last time I was gone for blue group, what kind of activities did I leave? Cause I don't want to repeat that. Yeah. Uh, earlier this year I had, I was talking to a fifth grade or fifth grade class. I was like, Hey guys, the next time you come to music, I won't be here because you know, I have something, whatever. And they were like, Oh, please don't leave, um, listening glyphs. Because <laughs> you I heard. done it, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting that these fifth graders were like, no listening glyphs. <laughs> uh, this, and it's funny because I, after that, I was asking other fifth grade classes who had been left the same plans at different times. And they were like, oh, we love that. So sometimes it depends on the, like it's this specific class that is not down with um, listening glyphs or any kind of coloring. Well, while I have another fifth grade class uh, where I left them, not even a listening glyph, but a, um, I can't remember who I got them from. It doesn't matter. Uh, instruments of the orchestra. And there's a picture of like, say a string bass, but there's all these waves around it and the kids can color each wave a different color. And it yeah. looks all kind of psychedelic. And so most of my th fifth graders, they loved that. It was very meditative for them to like, yeah color a picture of just one instrument. I mean, I left a packet, of course, but, and then do some listening while they're doing it, but they're not really responding to the listening, but it was just kind of a nice serene thing for them to do. And they've asked to do it again. Whereas this other class is like, we don't want to color. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's why yeah. it's helpful to look and see what you've left before so that you're not exactly repeating yourself. Sure. Um, and this also from year to year is handy because as we mentioned, if I'm doing the same thing for third grade and fourth grade or close to the same thing, and I know nearly every March, I'm going to be gone for the Oak Conference. I don't want my fourth graders to be doing almost exactly what they did on March 17th 
when I was gone for last year's Oak Conference, right? So yeah. it's handy to keep those in a Google folder or in separate Google folders by year so that you can look at them. It'll give you ideas for what you want to leave, but it'll also let you know, oh yeah, last year's third graders did this. Yeah, yeah. I want to mention one other idea for emergency plans, just because it, it's so simple, but um, picture books are a great thing to leave for emergency plans, you know, especially for your primary classes, but even for older kids, because again, then a sub is going to feel comfortable because then they've got a book in their hands. So yes. for example, an emergency plan that I know I've done many times with kinder and first is, you know, a wheels on the bus book where they read it slash sing it, you know, who knows, and then they add instruments to it. So every time the horn goes beep, 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 we add triangles, every, you know, um, you know, so there's a bit of a management issue with the sub where they have to get out the instruments, but if they're in an accessible place and labeled easily, and then they rotate and they play different instruments. So that gives you a lot of bang for your buck and will take up a lot of time in your, in your class. Um, I've gotten good feedback from subs that they like that type of a plan where we have a picture book and then we're doing something, whether it's adding instruments or there's a worksheet or something that goes along with it. So that's another yes. great emergency sub plan idea. Yes, that is very handy. Um, also, it's good to mention that there's lots of YouTube videos with people reading some of these books, but please choose carefully because some of them are great and some of them are not so great. Right. Um, and so if you have someone who really doesn't know the song, The Wheels on the Bus, yeah. you uh, could find a video. Of course, That's that would true. take away some of the play along, but I, someone who could be savvy with the pause button could be able to lead that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, we do want to mention one other thing, and that's what what about when you come back? <laughs> and When you come back, be like Elsa. Let it go. <laughs> Let it Whatever go. Whatever happened, happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can't get hung up on it. I mean, that's not to say if your students were horrible, I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of rectifying that situation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I've, I'm a fan of, of uh, when necessary notes that apologize for rowdy behavior. Now, I don't mean to put out there that it's going to go bad, of course, a lot of times in my world, it just goes fine. Yeah. yeah. But don't get hot, caught up on, oh no, they really needed to practice half note and they didn't practice half note. Oh no, this sub was horrible. I had a, a touch of that in my beginning school life where I kind of expected the sub to do things and be exactly me in my delivery and practicing. And you can't expect that. No. Don't e- expect that kids will have done any exactly of what you wanted them to do, right? Maybe they've practiced half note. Maybe they didn't. You got to let it go. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and again, back to even if you have a music sub, you might have someone who came in and did things um, who sh- on the rest, right? Yeah. Yep. If, if so, that that's a thing that has happened in my world where I come back and, and the kids have told me, oh, well, uh, the music teacher, the sub, she said we should go sh- for every rest. And uh-huh. then I got to work on getting that out of our system, which is not that hard to do. But, yeah. you know, if that happens, just got to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, be okay with having to adjust as far as your yearly plans go. So I was out, you know, the first week or so of school because of COVID. And so that class in particular, that group, that rotation, they are a full rotation behind. And at the end of the year, I'll end up seeing them one full rotation less than the other classes. So what am I going to do at the end of the year? The other classes are going to get a rotation of maybe outside singing games or something that's just totally kind of fun. And the other class will get it. And that's okay. That's that's life. And I'm not going to get stressed out about the fact that I had less instructional time with kids because things happen you get sick kids get sick family gets sick emergencies happen and COVID happens (laughs) we just yeah gotta roll with it and if there's nothing else that we've learned from the last few years it's that flexibility is so important and what's really most important is that the kids just have a love of music and if they're doing that with somebody else while you're gone that's okay too yes I already shared off mic with you my my teacher guilt that after looking at next week and how the schedule is um, because it's a little bit 
foobard because we have uh, an exciting thing called Ninja Nation going on. So it's a different schedule anyway. Um, as much as I try to puzzle it out, I think next week has to be a wash. I just have to be like Elsa. Let, let it go. go. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because this particular group, I will see an extra time and I'm not going to turn the world upside down to make sure everyone has had exactly the same thing and exactly, you know, around the same time. Um, that's just how it has to be. Yep. And now it's time for our no better do better segment. Carrie. Yes. Um, I want to give a shout out and example to an organization that I think um, is showing a path of knowing better and doing better. And that is one of our local organizations, the Colorado Children's Chorale, which my children both sing in now. Tanya has had children sing in the past. Um, I have students who sing in this organization. And something that I really appreciate um, is that they are really walking the walk as well as talking the talk. And I'm not saying that they have completely 100% flip-flopped the way their organization works, but there are small changes and things that I think are making a big impact. So for example, in all of their concert programs now, not only are they striving to make sure representation is happening in the programming of their concerts as far as composers and cultures that are being represented, they also include in all of their concert programs pictures of composers and arrangers and um, a little blurb about them so you can actually see visually the representation that's happening in their concerts, which I think is just a small but meaningful thing. Um, This year, they are having two artists in residence coming, which I'm very excited about personally. Um, So Maria Ellis, who's also known as uh, Girl Girl Conductor, is that correct? Girl Conductor, I believe in her social media is coming to do a residency with the corral and um, guest conduct on one of the upcoming concerts. And she is a fantastic choral music educator who is passionate about gospel music in particular, but lots of genres of music. And then also they are bringing out Dr. Tracy Wong, who I believe is from Canada. Um, And she is doing some uh, Malaysian pieces that she is arranging and composing and then coming out to work with the kids on. So just an example of an organization where if you look at their artistic staff, it is vastly majority white music educators, fantastic music educators, but they knew that they needed to have folks come in, culture bearers and diverse musicians come in to be able to give that experience to the students in a way that they themselves could not. Um, And again, I mean, this is something if you have the money and means to be able to bring in somebody. Now, obviously, those of us who are elementary music educators with our own little elementary choirs, we don't have the budget to bring in somebody like Maria Ellis or Tracy Wong, but is there a culture bearer in our own community that we can reach out to? How can we continue to be intentional with the diversity and representation that we are programming in our concerts and our repertoire? So just I just appreciate the work that they're doing, and I just wanted to give them a shout out and mention some of the examples of what they're doing so that we might know better and do better ourselves. Awesome. So now it is time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And Tanya's going to share something. All right. I'm not sure if we've shared this before. And like we always say, maybe you already do this, but um, it's something I used to do, but now, um, and then I just stopped doing it. Now I'm going to go back to, and I'm talking specifically about a use of Google slides and creating a table of contents and specifically for my sub plans for this coming week, my slide deck, uh, how I, I had mentioned before that I have a slide deck that is kindergarten, first, second, and then a separate slide deck that is third, fourth, fifth. So for each one of these slide decks, I'm going to have a page, a slide at the very beginning where I've just typed out kindergarten. And then I can you can highlight that and link that word to a slide that's already in the presentation. So that my substitute or me, if I was doing this for myself, can just go and click on kindergarten and it'll bring me right to 
the start of the kindergarten slides within that. So if you have a particularly lengthy slide deck and you want easier navigation, that's just a good way to do it. It doesn't have to be complex. You just type the word, link it within the presentation. I know this is something that most of us have been doing for a while, but for some reason, I just got away from doing that. And yeah, linking slides within slides is a very good thing for those longer slide decks. Yeah. And that's great when you're doing like choice boards, for example, and you want the kids to be able to navigate from the table of contents to a specific page and then back again. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. And now it's time for our CODA section, where we talk about something we've been enjoying in or out of the classroom or maybe sleeping through while you navigate <laughs> consciousness. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Um, okay, so minus out of the classroom, technically. Um, so last night I went to a concert with the Colorado Symphony Orchestra and special guests, Bella Fleck and Abigail Washburn, who are Ooh. both banjo players, amazing musicians. They also happen to be married and they're adorable, but um, they premiered a song cycle called Dreams in Flight. And this was something that they composed and was uh, arranged by Scott O'Neill, who's one of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conductors. Conductors. I don't even have COVID and I can't talk. Conductors of the Colorado Symphony. And um, anyway, so this was literally just premiered last night. So I can't recommend that you go and listen to that. But it just brought up, um, again, my love for both of these musicians. But I really love Abigail Washburn. Um, I just absolutely love her voice. It is just beautiful and haunting. And um, her music is fantastic. She's done lots of different things, both solo, with Bella Fleck, with a group called Uncle Earl. But in particular, my favorite albums, if you're looking for something to dig into, is the Sparrow Quartet, which does include Bella Fleck as well as two other musicians that I can't remember off the top of my head. I actually got to see them um, perform live at the Rocky Grass Festival in Colorado a few, many years ago. Um, but they have a couple of albums, the Sparrow Quartet, and I just absolutely love these albums. They're just really lovely you know, combination of bluegrass, old time music. Abigail Washburn also has done a lot of work in China. So there are a lot of influences of Chinese folk music in her songs um, as well. So anyways, just really interesting albums to listen to. And I definitely suggest you give it a try if you like that style of music. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Tanya. Okay, well, I've been watching TV. Um, <laughs> of course you have. Lying in bed. I've been trying to read. Reading is hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I Although I kind of deemed today my um, no screen day that I just read, but it's kind of impossible today because there's lots of things that I have to attend to, like subplans and this podcast. Uh, so that's a wash. Maybe tomorrow. Anyway, I have been, I'm very picky about TV shows. I don't like a lot of the TV shows that are popular. I don't know what it is with me. Um, I'm not a fan of anti-heroes. A lot of these heavy things I just never got into. Anyway, this is not a heavy show. This is a fun show and it is a um, UK show. It's on Hulu. It's called Extraordinary or I don't know, maybe, maybe it's called Extraordinary. Not sure, but it revolves around um, a twenty young 20-something woman who lives in a world where everybody uh, around their 18th birthday it gets a superpower. And you don't know what your superpower is until you turn 18. And the superpowers, they're not awesome. Some of them are just very mundane. Like um, there's a character who can control, her mom can control technology just from a, a distance by, you know, wiggling her fingers and zapping it. But her mom doesn't really understand technology. So it's kind of doesn't work for her very well. Um, her roommate can actually uh, channel dead people for, you know, a, a few minutes. And there's just some various there's, there's somebody who's in a cameo who like can avoid can move water 
So a splash is coming to him as he's crossing the street and he's able to like manipulate it. So it, it crashes next to him, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but this main character, she doesn't have any superpowers and she's well past eight, 18. And she's just in a world where everybody else has a superpower and she has none. Hmm. But it's a fun, funny show it is not appropriate for young children to be around while you're watching it not that it gets really raunchy or anything but you know there's some adult things happening okay it's fun cool. it's silly all right yeah We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link in our show notes and on our Facebook page. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie wishing you happy musicking.